one. Spags, they say there's only one way to draft a best ball team, but around here, we keep coming up with innovative ways for how to draft. Yeah, they, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing best ball streams now, and we're glad to see it, but we're going to go and pivot from that because Pete's breaking out, not the randomizer wheel, I guess the off-brand randomizer wheel for today's show. We're going to spin the wheel, draft according to the strategy there. We also got some OTA news, Travis Etienne, the new Debo Samuel. We'll talk about it after this intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, how are you doing? I am doing good. I finally got uh, that best ball video I had been working on forever up uh, this morning, so that felt really good to ship. It took an ungodly amount of time uh, to finish that video as people remember from me teasing it for like two and a half weeks. So uh, feeling that weight off my shoulder today. It's a great video. Go check it out on Pete's Deposit Kingdom channel, breaking down the expected value of Best Ball Mania 3 and why if you're just trying to get into the advanced rounds there, trying to get in around 15, round 16, you should be targeting, or week 17 rather. That's the important one that we talk a lot about on this show. Pete mentions the week 17 correlations, but I actually did watch that video, Pete. Actually, I will tell you uh, the full facts. So I watched a little bit of ship chasing yesterday. was happy to see Leone on there. I then watched your two Deposit Kingdom videos today. I had watched the, the Best Ball strategy video before, but I was like, I'm going to get ready for this random randomizer wheel thing with pete and get your strategies online and i have to say like even for somebody like me who is now i think uh, 120 entries into this best ball season i do feel like it's helpful as a refresher for people out there to go check those videos out because you really do explain the expected value stuff in particular extremely well um i appreciate that yeah i feel like the thing that makes me feel good about it is people who are sharp and who are grinders and kind of already know this stuff seem to still enjoy it or you know as a reinforcer kind of as you mentioned and then but that new people could kind of understand the concepts um is cool too i saw someone was like oh yeah i'm, I'm gonna play my first best ball tournament because of that video which i would consider that you know we're we're pretty deep in the weeds as far as optimizing for this tournament i wouldn't expect the casual fan to necessarily care about that stuff so the fact that it can kind of toe the line uh there and be you know enjoyable for both sides there is is good yeah, we would definitely recommend, obviously, Pete, been doing the best ball stuff for years. As somebody, me, this is the first time I'm maxing out some of these best ball tournaments. Really can't recommend it enough. A lot of fun out there. I know Jericho I've talked a lot about giving me some strategy. And Michael Dubner, Pete has a lot of great data from him over at Rotoviz. Rotoviz guys in general, very sharp, but also just a lot of smart people out there. Mike Leone established the edge I was listening to before the show. So just go check some of that stuff out if you are new to best ball to try to catch yourself up to speed. And of course, we'll do the best we can on this show in between all the hijinks. And of course, make sure you are liking this video, whether it be on Pete's channel or the Splash Play channel, and subscribe to both as well, because tomorrow, 2.30, Pete, I actually have another monitor over here. I don't know if I could pull it up and show it on camera without it breaking, but you can see here, I figured out how to size screens appropriately. I have another thing here to look at. I'm ready for my stream tomorrow before it inevitably screws up somehow. I did see your post in the uh, Splash Play channel and Deposit Kingdom Discord showing your correctly sized browser window during your test thing. I think everyone was both happy for you and sad because I think part of the appeal for tuning into your stream tomorrow, in addition to watching you cancel yourself, was to watch you fumble around with the screen sizing. So uh, one mystery has been removed, but uh, I'm sure you won't disappoint on the canceled front. 
Actually, Pete, do you want to go pull up the, the Splash Play YouTube channel really fast? Because I think you're going to enjoy the thumbnail I've also deployed. Uh, Pete oh, and I were God. talking a little bit. The reason we started the show a little late today, Pete and I talked some industry things, some things going on out there that amused us that aren't worth talking about on the show. Uh, but one thing that I've noted, I have been digging deep on YouTube thumbnails, like watching half-hour videos for it. And you can see here... <laughs> my thumbnail who is that mystery qb pete we'll find out tomorrow at 2 30. uh no this is a good thumbnail uh i actually i actually like it i always do the um i like looking at it on my phone or stepping back so i can see you know what does it look like in uh in, in smaller but the the pixelated uh draws me in there a good uh a good bit i would say the text is a little hard to read on the mm. draft board backdrop would probably be my only uh criticism but uh i think uh, i think you're off to a good start here it's, it's an iterative process pete it's an improvement from when i was doing the splash play thumbnails uh, many moons ago is that lisa and blurred bullock are we bonking already is that is that a bonk well it, i am gonna do a bonk here but not because of that so I, I i actually flagged this and i didn't even tell you about this before the show um and i don't think you saw it because i'm sure you would have replied to it on twitter if you did um, but our friend, uh, Mathology, we launched the Underdog Cardio Club uh, earlier this week, uh, something I did in conjunction with, with Redmond and over there. Basically, if you post your BBM3 streams while doing cardio, you post a screenshot of your cardio, yada, yada, you can get a shirt, other perks. Most of you have seen it. Well, I was just scrolling through the hashtag because that's part of you know helping us find those and noticed a post from Mathology here that let's just say was all horned up and not our standard uh post here for the underdog cardio club so we have the team and then this pose from his instructor which wasn't really the spirit of we were kind of looking for the data you know which i guess is over here uh but i i know exactly what you were doing with this mathology and uh on all of our behalf I hate that I always have to pay the price for the bonking, <laughs> but yeah. I but I get it. You know the issue though. If he's going to go with anybody, Jess King would be the one to go with. If you are going to have a a saucy Peloton instructor on your screenshot, I think we all know I, that. The thing that just killed me about it is you know Methology was just waiting for the perfect time to snap this photo. I was just like he knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, look, she looks like she's really motivating there, pushing you through your power zones. That's what we're all about here on Splash Play. And go check out the under, uh, Underdog Cardio Club, of course. Um, and feel free to tag me in this. I'm actually getting tagged in a lot of them, Pete, because of my pushback about how weightlifters should be included, especially in 2022. It just feels very divisive to tear us apart. Actually, like I had a thought about this when I saw you get tagged in one of those. It's like, come on, Spags, you think I'm not weightlifting? These aren't mutually exclusive. It doesn't mean that just because you weightlift doesn't mean you have a part. You need to be mixing in both cardio and weightlifting, Spags. So don't try to make this a one or the other thing. Not if you have an Apple Watch and you can time it out 60 seconds. Every 60 seconds, you're back to your lift. That gets the heart rate going, and I can tell you with science. <laughs> um, some of these chats I am not going to put up on the screen here. Uh, <laughs> so but <I'm> yes. <laughs> The the underdog cardio club is uh it, it's ramping up. People seem to uh, to really be uh enjoying it. I think uh I think we're gonna have a lot of members here at the end of June. My cardio is also, by the way, people saying I'm a zero cardio bro. I do play basketball. Like, that's why I got the basketball hoops to do that. So that's my cardio, but another thing that doesn't count because the basketball hoop's not gonna tell me how many calories I burn. Yeah, I I still have uh, uh I've I've started doing some of my smartwatch research. So hopefully I can join the uh the smartwatch gang here soon enough. 
Uh, so let's get into the some of the news that we have going on here. Of course, OTA is going on, but the big news I thought that was pretty interesting, Ryan Fitzpatrick retiring at age 39. I uh, thought a tweet from the Fantasy Life, uh, Don slash, you're really the guys, one of the guys in fantasy that you just have to tip your cap to, who we've had on the show before, Matthew Barry, uh, tweeting, in 2005, Ryan Fitzpatrick made his debut and Tom Brady led the league in passing. Fitzy retires after the 2021 season where Tom Brady led the league in passing once again, showing the circle of life. But I feel like we wouldn't be doing our job, Pete, when these guys retire and they are a fantasy legends fantasy icons to some extent you got to kind of pay your dues and, and Fitzpatrick to me is one of those guys where he aligns with two different parts of my life where when I was doing the sports blog stuff Ryan Fitzpatrick was the guy with the big burly beard who was making for a lot of fun clickbait type headlines and then in fantasy like he's the type of guy that I love that I gravitate towards a lot to on this show just all deep balls running reckless abandoned high pick rate but that's the fun of it when you are having a fantasy QB so I'm sad to see him go Pete I actually had a lot way too much of him in my best ball shares last year uh, yeah, he's like, he had all the ingredients of being kind of a cult hero, specifically within the fantasy community, just the way he played, which was really aggressive, always moving the ball downfield. He was always in play for, like you said, last pick in your best ball draft, a punt QB in DFS, just because he was going to be aggressive. And I know uh, in season, we often talk about the backup QB archetypes and how there's like the one that come in and just want to game manage and they want to play really conservative. And then there's the Ryan Fitzpatrick types, which are extremely fun for fantasy that just come in complete YOLO. Yes. It might result in a lot of turnovers. Yes. It might result in you getting hurt, but boy, uh, are you at least going to make it entertaining? And I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick always made it entertaining. Yeah, it absolutely did. And people saying, uh, Iceman in the chat, if Fitzpatrick played last year, I would have won BBM too. That's probably how I felt. Terry McLaurin would be a $100 million receiver right now if Ryan Fitzpatrick played last year. Unfortunately, that's uh, not the case for him. But uh, definitely got to give your shout out to him, a guy who I think very ahead of his time. And if he came out, if he came into the league right now, people would be so stoked and be adding him left and right. And he would become like a buzzworthy character in, in so many ways. So, um, you know, bad timing for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but a hell of a career. Travis ATN, Pete, working out of the slot, catching lots of passes and OTAs the quote that I saw in the Fantasy Life newsletter that Pete lovingly puts together just for me to do show prep every day. Football is all about matchups. If I could be like Debo Samuel, I would love that, ATN said. ATN, 102 receptions for 1155 yards and eight touchdowns when he was at Clemson. And he's been working out of the slot, Pete. ATN, we've taken as our anchor running back at some of the builds we've done on this show. And I'm stoked to hear it, man. I think he could be this hybrid back and uh, probably bad news for LaVisca Chenault, but you got to pay a sacrifice somewhere, Pete. And that is to the altar of Travis ATN. You don't have to say bad news for LaVisca Chenault. There's no such thing as good news for LaVisca Chenault, so it's just news. It's just more news that pushes LaVisca further down the depth chart. Um, yeah, I, also, I never really thought about that, how, you know, I one of our, you know, parts of our relationship as working on this podcast together is you end up doing a lot of the the show prep, you know, getting the uh, the topics in order, but now I just realized you just open up my newsletter where I actually have to do all the work and then you steal that. So the scales might now be tipping spags because I'm doing the thumbnails. I'm doing all this research prep. And now it's like, what the fuck are you even doing around here? I'm just showing up, being great for morale, getting bonked by dogs. That's sort of the thing I bring to the table. But I know it's it's honestly really more that the Fantasy Life newsletter, like I do usually do show prep. I'll um, When I have time, I'll read The Athletic and stuff, but time's been a little bit scarce for me lately with the baby, with the, the job responsibilities kind of creeping up. So I just read the Fantasy Life newsletter, and I know you have to fill that somehow. And usually that's with the five best tidbits that are out there. <laughs> that's right. Uh, it is right. I, de I definitely recommend, uh, I, I assume most of you guys subscribe uh, to it, but we have really overhauled things. 
things uh, there in the past couple of weeks. We have a new system, new layout, lots more contributors. We're going to be moving to five days a week here soon as the summer ramps up. Uh, I was super stoked we got a deal with Underdog too, which gives me lots of permission to do more best ball content. So yeah, hop over there. I have the link down below to subscribe. Free newsletter um, written by me and a bunch of contributors. I think you'd enjoy it. Willis pointing out, instead of doing prep, I'm doing best ball drafts. In a lot of ways, that's the best prep you could do for this kind of stream, I would say. Um, the ETN things overall, Pete, though, is he does he move up for you at this point? I feel like he's probably about as high as he's going to get, right? I can't, he can't get steamed up any higher. I think he can get steamed up a little bit. Um, I, yeah, to me, like I said, that the Debo quote is fun. It definitely gets the juices flowing. I mean, my my takeaway on it was this is just really good confirmation that they want to use him in the passing game, which we kind of knew was going to be the case when he came into the league. He was a good pass catcher at Clemson. It's kind of why we got excited uh, for him uh, with fantasy. So I find his price to be very palatable in the mid fifth. I could see him creeping up into like the mid to late fourth. If we continue to get really positive buzz, but I do agree with you that he's ultimately going to probably be tapped out there because I'm just guessing the fantasy community still doesn't think of him as someone who has like true three down bell cow upside. But I would argue that that's kind of a narrow viewpoint on him knowing when we've seen some of these guys like Kamara like DeAndre Swift who as long as the majority of their production is through the passing game if we can just add in a few other high value touches around the goal line then you're just as valuable or you know on par with some of the true you know three down backs so I think ETN has that profile it would not surprise me at all if ETN is like a one two turn pick next year yeah, I think that's a fair take, and uh, certainly a guy I'm intrigued to see on the field after he missed last year, and uh, certainly the injury to James Robinson coming off the Achilles is going to uh, increase the runway for Travis Etienne to get going, especially in these OTAs. Michael Carter gave a quote saying, there's enough for all of us to eat in response to his and Brees Hall's roles as Jets running back. Uh, that's the kind of thing I want to hear, Pete, as somebody that's deeply overinvested in Michael Carter it will continue to be as long as his ADP drops, but I feel like to me it's just been clear cut since we did that ship-chasing draft show, like, Michael Carter's a pass catching back. Brees Hall will catch some passes, but he's the Jonathan Taylor. Maybe Michael Carter ends up more of a Naheem Hines and ends up off the field a little bit more, but he showed enough last year that I feel like he's still a 10 to 15 touch back. And for me, that's probably enough in this offense. Yeah, that quote was funny too, because it's like, of course, Michael Carter is going to say there's plenty of mouths <laughs> to feed. It's like, let's ask Brees Hall. Um, you know, it's uh, be like asking, uh, I'm going to botch this analogy. I was trying to come up with an analogy on my feet. I was like, it's going to be like asking um, an ex-wife uh, about the new girlfriend and how much attention they're going to get. But I can't land the plane on this one without getting bonked maybe. Um, but yeah, I I still, I know you have drafted a lot of Michael Carter. I still like Michael Carter too. I think he's going to catch some balls and just be a huge contingent um, running back play uh, if Brees Hall were to get injured or maybe Brees Hall's not good. Like I don't, hope that's the case considering I've drafted a lot of him, but it's possible. And we've seen a lot of times with these running backs come in and it's just like, they're not ready or the team doesn't trust them for, for some reason. And then the incumbent plays a ton. So I, I still like getting shares of Michael Carter. Yeah, I, I'm glad you say that because I will continue to do it really until uh, every last dollar of mine is spent. But I just think you know, lower ADP back always going to be something that is going to make sense. Uh, the other news item I thought was interesting that you had, Pete, but I'll, I'll defer to you if there are any others. Austin Hooper been the apple of Ryan Tannehill's eyes so far. Titans OTAs, which I think is something that I, I might have discussed with you on the show where I've just been taking them a lot in that 17th, 18th round in my uh, Ryan Tannehill bailout stacks when I get sniped and all the other QBs out there. I feel like Austin Hooper, you know, kind of solid veteran guy who 
uh, you know, demographically, probably Ryan Tannehill is stoked to get to hang out with a, a similarly washed up player who's just <laughs> hanging on to the league by a thread. But I feel like overall, like Austin Hooper with Traylon Burke sidelined at least a little bit, not a full go yet in OTAs to start. It feels like Austin Hooper probably should be getting drafted a little bit higher or at least reflected as a part of this offense more meaningfully. Yeah, I mean, stuff is wide open there. Uh, there's just so much uncertainty with A.J. Brown gone. I mean, yes, we're all excited about Traylon Burks, but he's a rookie. Uh, there's lots of uncertainty there. Robert Woods coming back from injury. How does he fit into this offense? You know, Austin Hooper knew. So you could see things shaking out in a variety of ways. But, uh, you know, what, what's our phrase? The steady drumbeat. I continue to hear stuff about Austin Hooper. He's not uh, not a sexy pick, but I, I definitely want to start mixing him in as like, you know, you grab Traylon Burks in what the sixth or seventh, maybe you grab Ryan Tannehill as a, uh, in your, and you're a punk QB build. And then, you know, tack on Austin Hooper late because he is still super cheap. Yeah, Bullock summing it up well. Don't have the confidence to throw it outside. So here, big target over the middle, take the ball. That is certainly a, a pathway for value that a lot of guys have had in the past and certainly could be Austin Hooper's case after a, a down year last year for both the Tennessee Titans uh, tight ends as well as Austin Hooper in Cleveland. Um, anything else, Pete, you want to hit on or do you want to dive into our spinning the wheel here to make the deal an underdog puppy draft? Yeah, let's let's dive into it. So um, this isn't going to be a true randomizer. We're not randomizing for every pick. God help us. Um, I am randomizer is officially going to kick off a week from today on Thursday evening. I'll have more details on that, but I thought we could get warmed up here. I was kind of thinking two wheels. So this first wheel to dictate if we're going to do a zero RB hyper fragile RB and anchor RB draft. Also, I feel obligated to point out, um, I give Spags a hard time about going into drafts with a preconceived way to draft, which is exactly what we're going to do here. <laughs> this is just for fun. Uh, and I think will give us some fun challenges. And then I was thinking we could have a second wheel that gave us another kind of thing we had to do, whether that was elite QB, elite tight end chat. If you guys have any other things you'd like to see on that secondary wheel, put it in the chat. But uh, does this all make sense here, Spags? Yeah, I think so, though. Derek Richard in the chat bringing up a good point. No robust RB option. You took out the superhero RBs, the robust RBs. Where are we for all the, the second-tier classifications? What if we... So the, the thing that I actually think will be fun with this is that I think we're still allowed to, to bend these, right? So if we say anchor running back and we want to still grab a wide receiver in the first and then grab, say, Swift as our anchor running back in the second, or even, you know, JK Dobbins as our anchor running back in the fourth or something. I think we can bend these. Um, the reason I didn't put robust RB on there is because I only put good strategies and I, I thought we still ultimately wanted to draft a good team. Uh, Terrence bringing up a good point in the chat. Uh, if you're locking yourself in, you might want to do a mock draft or you're burning money with such a large audience. Pete, I think we're willing to burn the $5 here for the sake of entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Um, what not worried about five dollars too? Like I said, we're still the goal. We're not. We're not we're punting this off. Like that's if, the hope. <laughs> if you want to worry about punting money off, it's me and Spags trying to get in the same draft at the same time, ending up in runoff drafts, getting auto drafted for QBs. That's where you should be concerned. We are going to draft a good team here. Do not worry. So I'm going to go ahead and spin this. Let's get the first leg Ooh. of our challenge here. I know what Spags is rooting for, but he's not going to get it. He's not oh, going to get it. Worst. He's not going to get it. <laughs> But again, this ultimately, to me, how I define this for our purposes isn't when we take them. It's just the amount. So when I see hyper fragile, I, I, we're max four running backs. So obviously the best way to do that is with those three relatively early, but they don't necessarily have to have to be. Um, I think we can push it a little bit. So 
let me put some other things on the board here. So elite tight end, elite QB. Is there anything else you would want me to, to put on here? Uh, Mathology had Onslaught as an option, which I think is fair. I mean, I feel like I do that an okay amount. I don't know what that would qualify as an Onslaught. I guess uh, five-man stack? Let's, why don't we do QB, QB plus with, yeah. plus it with at least three teammates? And that yeah. could be running backs, wide receivers, or tight ends. I think just make a QB plus three. I feel like it's hard to see it on the wheel now. Um, that's, that's a good one too. Three QBs late. So that would be a punt, a punt QB. Um, um, let's see. Uh, no, <laughs> no, this is too randomized. We say no player with more than five vowels in their name. No, no, no. We're keeping it structural. I'm spinning. So we got a hyper fragile team. And the second thing we are going to be doing, oh, this will actually be helpful. All right. So three QBs late, hyper fragile. So running backs early, QBs late, wide receivers and tight ends in between. All right. Circle anomaly saying Spags take a drink needs to be on the wheel. I, as I mentioned in the chat, I'm having a white claw today because we are out of Diet Coke in the house. I need something here. Life is catching up when you wake up at wait, 6 o'clock every wait. morning. <laughs> Just own up to drinking. Don't try to act like I didn't have a Diet Coke, so I had to drink alcohol. Have you ever heard of fucking water, Spags? No, I want something fizzy. I've already drank the <laughs> fucking three of these. <laughs> I mean, that is just, sorry, officer. I didn't have my Diet Coke, so I was having to drink White Claws. No, we know there's no cops in the chat. No narcs in the chat, any of you. No, but there is <laughs> naked HD in the chat. Gosh. Well, well, I guess they're saying no whores. So I feel like that could be kind of copish. Uh, all right, I'm entering the puppy. All right, puppy time here. Of course, the puppy, you can play along with us over on Underdog. If you use the promo code SPLASH, double your deposit up to $100. Lots of fun being had over there. Of course, Pete and I both doing some streams for ourselves on this show. Pete's got a lot of great content for himself doing these streams on Underdog. So go play along with us on there and maybe get some of that sweet streamer EV that we hear about uh, far too often in these streets. All right, so we do get 104, which is, um, you know... This, is, this will be interesting because I think for a hyper-fragile build, if we get CMC or JT at one of these picks, I think we definitely do it. Um, however, I think you and I will both be very excited to take one of Cup, Chase, or mm. uh, Jefferson if they're there. But then that would, you know, for a hyper-fragile build, I mean, we're definitely having, I would say, to use at least two of our next three picks on running backs after this round one, if we go wide receiver in round one. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad that you're being a little less rigid with hyper-fragile. Like, I, I feel like in my mind, I've defined it as uh, running back. Well, the way that you play normally on the show is I feel like running back the first three rounds. But I, in my head, I think it's like three out of the first five is hyper-fragile, and then you could put on one more. So, like I said, to me, I don't – I literally have no uh, – uh, per. I know, like, for in our video, like, defining it, I think it we have – the way we defined it was three early, but max four. And and for my purposes, hyper fragile is just stopping at four. Um, it's obviously going to be better for your win rates if you get those running backs earlier because the the bets are going to hit more. Derek Henry at the two, huh? Um. So who do you do you want to take McCaffrey here, or do you want to get our receiver and then like hammer running backs after that? Let's take McCaffrey just because I don't have a lot of McCaffrey and we can get one running back out of the way. Yeah. I think if we're doing hyper fragile and we're passing on McCaffrey here, I don't really know what we're doing. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like I, I don't mind Jefferson or Chase, obviously. I think especially if somebody goes and takes Henry in the two hole, like I'm happy to take either of those guys. But um, I feel like we're actually getting a good running back here that I have you know, some degree of faith in and also a lack of exposure to. So that's kind of a win-win. 
Yeah, McCaffrey was, um, I think I now have a couple stream drafts in the past week where I've gotten McCaffrey, where previously he was by far my uh, my least selected of the top five options. Um, so happy to to sprinkle some of him in. And I think that Carolina Tampa Bay stack to a little underappreciated for week 17. The correlation, of course, that again, uh, Pete's beating the drum for me. And now I, I've internalized it enough after being scolded on the show so many times. Week 17 correlation, week 17 correlation. But the Carolina Tampa Bay one, I feel like maybe besides Cleveland, Washington, probably one of the more underused, you know, week 17 correlation stacks. Yeah, probably. I definitely have not heard anybody <laughs> running out to uh, to do that, to do that stack. It lines up pretty well, though. Like, I mean, I don't want to jinx it here, but Evans should be in the range where we are, whether he gets taken or not. Godwin should line up. Um, I think Brady will line up okay with where we are, too. So, like, there's, it's not hard to get that that Carolina-Tampa Bay one if you're willing to take the leap of faith on McCaffrey. Yeah, Tampa, man, I love Tampa Bay's playoff schedule, too. And and there's enough of them kind of sprinkled throughout the draft, too, that um, I guess where you would say Tampa's week is is late in the draft, right? Like after Gronk comes off the board, I mean, then you're in what? Um, Cause you have like Rashad white and then Gronk, but then wh- who's your, who's your like sleeper box guy. You take Scotty Miller. Ty Johnson, I, don't, I haven't taken a Tyler single Johnson. non Godwin, non Evans, non gauge, non Gronk receiver. I think maybe one break share. Cause he's available in the 18th. If you don't take Gronk, but I don't have a lot of faith there. Like I like Cyril Grayson. Could you talk yourself into probably not? Yeah. I think for me, it's probably, Tyler Johnson, who maybe he sees some snaps um, at the beginning of the season if Chris Godwin isn't playing. And then I think Scotty Miller is probably your kind of poor man's KJ Hamler who could still potentially get loose in a game as a as a deep threat for a touchdown. Yeah, I think Nick's saying in the chat, Vaughn, I feel like Keyshawn Vaughn, I was getting a little bit, but that was pre-Rashad White. I think now, I don't I don't think I've seen Keyshawn Vaughn get drafted at all. And I I probably am not drafting him very much, if, if at all. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's another tough one. Vaughn, I, I have a hard time stomaching partly because I'm high on Rashad white and partly because I think even if there was a four net injury and even if Vaughn was ahead of Rashad white, that there still would be another back in there that would get touches. Oh, uh, Daniel raising an interesting question in the chat. Does Brady really count as a late QB though? I guess relative to overall ADPs, no, but like if he's after the first five rounds like if he's in the qb ideal zone the sixth through 13th round like i think that counts this is though i i view it similar to the hyper fragile thing when it's not when you take it it's that you're taking three total um is i think more of the principle and it's like okay sure could we bend the rules and take jalen hurts and then take three but we would be drafting suboptimally in taking three in that build so it, it, we want to make sure it's an optimal allocation which is probably going to be after you know round 11 or 12 when we take our first qb all right we're on the clock here and uh mike evans off the board so we will not be getting that tampa bay stack now um oh uh, well let's do let's do lenny so okay so let, let's or, take him but i want to ask you though like in dfs hang, you're normally ruling out two running backs hang on real quick but we're, do, we're doing we're doing hyper fragile here i'm just saying do we like the running backs more when we come back if we want to do our wide receiver detour here yeah, I would take Tyreek. I would take Tyreek. Okay, I, that's that was just my thought because, again, I think there's a clear tear break after Tyreek, AJ Brown, and Higgins. I don't think AJ Brown and Higgins would have made it back. Mm. Whereas I'm pretty sure one of Chubb, Williams, Barkley, Connor is going to be there for us. 
So the chat kind of tilted. We didn't take Lenny. Like I just know because we talked a lot about. It. I know you know Pete. Your videos talked a lot about week seventeen being just a five hundred person DFS tournament or four hundred seventy whatever. Um, but you know ultimately, like you don't want to play two running backs together for the most part. Like they can get there, but it's not like an apple correlation. And I guess you might feel differently in best ball given how I've seen you draft. Uh yeah. I I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm. It's not the core. I I get far less excited about a Lenny CMC correlation than I do say a Camara. AJ Brown, you know, mm. running back wide receiver, just because of, like you said, the way game flows typically go, obviously those guys that catch a ton of passes, the thesis of the play could still check out. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of neutral on that where it's like, I, I don't necessarily have to go out of my way to get that. Yeah. I just, you know, they pull away from each other. And I feel like if we're going to apply the DFS principles that we know and hope that that helps us bubble above the, the tide in these best ball tournaments, then uh, two running backs from the same team, usually not the way you'd want to go though. Obviously can work out uh, your pal, Jack settlement in the chat saying, talk to me about that tier break. Higgins is wide receiver two with burrow Herbert with Allen and Williams. Pete, take the VIP question. Talk about it. Uh, Jack actually used to be a VIP chan on this channel, but I think his, uh, it might've, uh, his credit card, he went busto buying well, chicken tender because I don't see the tough, VIP man. badge <laughs> by him anymore. Um, so I, we are going to get one of Javante or Saquon here. We get our choice. Um, I mean, Javante or Saquon? I'm, yeah, I'm good I would take either. Javante here. That's nice. Um, that nice. So I, someone actually commented this on one of our ship chasing videos too, where they're like, why are you taking T Higgins? He's a number two. I, I generally find those distinctions to be completely arbitrary, especially in the context of how this tournament works. And everyone is sick of us saying, well, what if he's the guy you need? But honestly, Higgins and Chase were the perfect example of this last year where, you know, Chase had the massive week 17 game. Higgins had the massive week 16 game. I believe it was, maybe it was week 15. One of those weeks, he had the massive game too. And we basically, I would much rather have you know, the quote unquote number two on one of the more prolific pass catching offenses that has also shown the upside to put up 40 plus points. And so to me, that's when I'm thinking of tier breaks, I'm trying to think of like, who are these guys that could quote unquote, break the slate. We've already seen T Higgins do it. We already seen this offense do it. And so Higgins is part of that, um, that last bit of guys who I think can do that at the two, three turn. And I would say, too, for really the Week 17 correlation stuff, like I'm just correlating or trying to get to the games especially that I think are going to have over a 50-point implied total for that week. And, you know, Cincinnati-Buffalo is one of those games. And, you know, Buffalo certainly, if you want to go the next level beyond that, Tredavious White probably going to be on Jamar Chase, certainly going to uh, be a competent cover corner as he has been, assuming he comes back normally from injury. But, you know, that's sort of where the DFS part comes in is like, I just want a part of that 50, probably 54-point over-under, I'd say right now is what I would think a Cincinnati-Buffalo game with something on the line would be. Like, you just want a part of that. So I think that's why I'm comfortable taking Higgins if you don't get Chase or or, or you do get Chase. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do I do think like one of my I don't think that's bad to try to target the games that we think will have high team totals um in points, but I just think there's probably gonna be a lot more variance there. Um and it kind of goes back to you mentioned like the Cleveland Washington, where it's like, and I probably should have even driven that home more in my video, this idea of, you know, we're probably going to be pretty bad at predicting which of these games actually shoot out week 17, um, where we know we just want correlation period, wherever, wherever we get it. So um, I do think the Bengals and bills is such a fascinating use case because 
at first blush, it looks like this awesome game. But then you start to think in the cold in Cincinnati week 17, Buffalo Bills defense being pretty good. Like there, there's versions of that game that are 20 to 17 for sure. Um, but the market is definitely very excited about that game for week 17. Yep, I think that's fair. And also, uh, I didn't reply earlier. Somebody's saying that they were bummed they missed this draft. Make sure you come by tomorrow because there's going to be less people competing to be on one of my streams solo. So please come hang with us on the Splash Play channel. And, of course, subscribe. And there you go, Pete. You've shamed Jack and just putting his new credit card on the channel. <laughs> this is how we do it. This is how I win. Individually <laughs> shave each one of you who are uh, channel VIPs. <laughs> Corey Volk saying, over-owned, I'm hammering Jags Texans. I don't see anything wrong with that either. Like, I think it's what Pete just said, like any of those week 17 correlations go for it. But, you know, you well, I think you want to try to pinpoint a little more towards the ones like, you know, the Rams, Chargers, the um, like we talked about Cincinnati, Buffalo, like, you know, Denver, KC, like those are the ones I think that stand out the most. Jay Brooks says best ball daddy. I don't know if you're talking to me or spags. Uh, oh, you're talking to me since you invested you into you. underdog. Can you please tell them to put an option for sound notifications? Spank you. Um, Lots of undertones in this 499 chat, Jay Brooks. Um, yeah, what I, they do have the my phone will vibrate. I get the the shaking thing when my thing is, but you want you want like a bonk 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 kind of notification <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah, the horny dog comes out to play. You also, Pete, you get it on your Apple Watch when you're tired. Oh, up, which has been helpful for me. We're on the time. we're on the clock here. Um, oh, okay, I think we take my my dude Brees all here. I am comfortable with it. Yeah, I mean, Sutton would be a guy I could advocate for, but I think let's get running back done. Or Kittle, though, elite tight end. You're right. Um, all right, we can do we can do Kittle. That wasn't part of our prompt. I will say the the only bummer about doing that is I don't think now. If we missed out on Brees Hall, I don't think I'm comfortable with just a three QB or three running back build. So I think we're definitely into four. Um, I do like the options that are available right now for these running. So we got Brees Hall, David Montgomery, ETN, and Dobbins um, all available. I yeah. still think we probably get to four running backs. We grab one here at five, four, and then probably one more in either the sixth or seventh round. Okay. Like six or seventh, really. I would I would wait till after the eighth. So I mean, for four, I guess it depends. It depends where the pockets of the draft are lining up. But I've I've been informed by one of my sources who I I shout too much out for information that generally there's a pretty big drop off for that fourth running back coming after or coming before round eight or coming after. So that's why I would push towards after eight and just take one of the you know the guys that we didn't take back up would be my thought. Hang on, how how this pick goes is going to uh, determine okay. how I how I feel about this a little bit. I mean, if we didn't take Brees and Brees fell, I, I'm pretty happy. Wow, about his options. Wow, I'm okay. still good call on Kittle. I was ready to pull the trigger on Brees um, there. Like now, now I'm much more comfortable. I think waiting on that fourth running back. Yeah, look, I I'm prioritizing elite tight end. Like if I can get him anywhere within that, you know, relatively decent ADP range, like, you know, I, I just want to get those guys in. So I know I'll have that that shot, you know, and I think there's been enough data where I feel like all the data sets, Pete, that we've talked about all the various builds, like they all very much seem to support having that one elite tight end and hoping they bubble up. Chris, tell FF Doom that I'm not drafting these running backs um, with my own free will, that they have been dictated by a wheel.
That's your FF Doom. He did, in fact, rig a wheel before this to make <laughs> to give us a preamble to make it look like it was completely random that we drafted all these running backs. Um, let's see here. Uh, short gamer, you got you got um you were in the uh, the shame zone with with Jack and became a member as well. Thank you. Thank you. It's funny too, because there are a lot of great guys in chat. Like I, I don't want to name the names right now to shame them because I think they do such a, a helpful job making this feel like a, a thriving community. There are some names here who are regulars enough, Pete, that I'm confused by them not having avatars. You know what? I think they are all, everyone's kind of saving their money to kind of throw dollar bills at you on your stream. You know, you're going to be kind of more like the stripper where they, you know, put more bikinis up on screen, Spags. Here's a dollar. Here's a dollar. So Bullock saying, we get it, Spags are shaming me. To be clear, I'm not just shaming you. There's a couple others. But Bullock has DM'd me on Discord, and I assumed he must have been in the community. So I, because your, your thing connects with the ship chasing one, right? No, they are, they are separate. They are uh, separate. Okay, that might so, be why. That yeah. might be why. Okay. Yes. Um, Discord confuses and scares me as somebody over the age of 35. <laughs> That would be if if there is some sentient being behind those sex bots, like if, if you want to just do the best bit of all time and have your sex bot become a member of the channel. I would look, uh, I think naked Tinder, no whores, whatever has <laughs> been a longtime fan of Splash Play from what I've seen. Uh look, I, I explained this on I think it was Best Ball Breakfast, maybe it was Splash Play. It, guys, I get in these drafts with you and you draft all the wide receivers. I, I my uh, my underdog cardio club draft I posted uh, from Wednesday was a zero RB draft. When I'm not drafting with you guys, I can actually execute zero RB in a way I enjoy. I, look, if you want to watch a zero RB draft, tune in tomorrow <laughs> at 2.30 because I can guarantee you no, no running backs might be taking the first eight rounds of that draft. Uh, Spags needs a strip pole for the solo show so he can get the full experience of throwing one. Spags with his white claw spinning around a strip Oh, I can totally imagine it now. <laughs> Nana Pete would be tuning in then to see that sweet derriere twirling about. Yeah. Man, I might uh, I might need to go get a seltzer and then hope <laughs> that all the seltzers I have stocked in my fridge are magically gone so I can pour a vodka soda. Whoopsie. <laughs> and then if that's out, you got to like, what's what's strong? I guess like an absinthe. <laughs> and if that's out, then straight heroin, baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I was thinking, too, because we didn't do the offseason episode draft because uh, basically, you know, I know we talk a little bit about the show meta on this and what we try to do behind the scenes. Um, you know, we we're going to do the same thing we did last year. where We just do random shit all summer long to fill it. People like best ball drafts enough. We don't have to do that. I think we should do a segment draft before the season starts where we're drafting, you know, the Italian guys. We're drafting Anna Pete. We're drafting some new ones. Like, let's let's get a little bit weird with it. Well, I think we could. What we could do is we could have Nana Pete do an entire puppy draft with Spags. We could have uh, Spags, Ben DiNucci character, uh, Mafia do a draft with me. You know, we could, we could bring some special guests on in that sense. Uh, the expected value for zero RB is so high. It's like mama's pasta fazool. You just want to get a little bit of a taste. There you go. <laughs> that for and, an then we, and, and then we build up to a finale where Spags' Italian character and Nana Pete draft a puppy team together. <laughs> Honestly, it would be a pretty funny bit. You could sell at the Fantasy Football Expo with that one if only some people were available. Goodness. Yeah. Fantasy Football Expo not necessarily kicking down our door for content. Um, all right. So I assume we want to do a wide receiver here. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like either of them would be fine by me up top. Yeah. 
I love how you say that. And yet deep down, you're just USC, USC. Uh, they're two guys who've lost their luster for me with the NFL draft moves personally. Um, you know what? Screw it. I want Devonta Smith. Did I get it in time? Yep. You nimble fingers. Yeah. I, I actually took a few shares of Devonta recently in the puppy. I think I'm up to 45 entries in the puppy now. And um, I took him because I have so much AJ Brown that I just kind of had to take one, but I do not believe in Devonta Smith. And you can, you can clip this one and rub it in my face when inevitably he goes for a thousand yards this year. I think that's, I think that's pretty disgusting spags that you don't believe in Devonta Smith anymore. I just think there's AJ Brown's a pretty big weapon. Dallas Goddard's a pretty big weapon. Miles Sanders should be a little bit better. I think, I don't know. I just, uh, a I rising, see. a rising tide lifts all boats in this situation. Spags. The offense is going to be better. Hertz is going to throw more. AJ Brown's going to draw less attention or draw attention away from those guys. I do agree with you for, for like a managed league. I don't know if Devonta Smith is as fun of a pick for me, just because like the, the pure, like massive breakout seems far less likely now, but I think he's going to have some massive weeks. Yeah. I also think, I mean, I don't want to jinx it here, but I feel like a Mon Ra might come back because of people are really Eric in the chat saying, I almost have zero Mon Ra and I love it. Like people do not like a Mon Ra, even though he is still a very logical check down receiver target. That's going to benefit from having more weapons there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I like, Devonta Smith's profile and skill set a little bit more than Amon Ra's, where I feel like Amon Ra is more volume dependent mm -hmm. in a way that Devonta Smith, I think, can earn more targets. Um, I just think he's probably a little bit more of a talented wide receiver. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad take. Amon Ra was awesome down the stretch, but a lot of competition. And he is, of course, available. So uh, this debate is yeah. why not just get both? Yeah, Silas Jackson in the chat, another sharp guy saying, I heart Amon Ra. So look, I think. Uh, at least somebody there who I, I think is smart believes in him, uh, so I guess besides me. But yeah, like I think if he's available that cheap, like the issue is that people are treating him like the last six games of last season where he was, I think, the only behind Cooper Cup during that stretch. Like he's not going to be there, but he could still be good. Yeah. The real goal is figuring out who's this year's Amon Ra that we can get in the 16th, 17th, 18th round. That's the, that's the real riddle to crack. Well, I mean, who fits that criteria? Like are we talking specifically that archetype of receiver? Well, I guess that specific archetype would be rookie wide receiver in a quote unquote bad situation that people aren't as collectively high on his profile relative to other ones. I would say like a Taekwon Thornton would be that similar build, maybe uh, a Mechie. Um, I think those guys, maybe you could stretch George Pickens hmm. into that, that cohort, although he's a little pricier than those guys. Yeah. Jalen Tolbert, too lofty for that. Um, I guess Tolbert and Pickens are what going around that same range. Yeah. Like, like um, Tolbert's like 145 ish somewhere in there. Uh, they want me to say dubs. They want me to say Justin Ross, uh, Velas Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Velas Jones. And this is not, you know, a perfect analogy, but Velas Jones to me feels a lot like Mike Davis, where like, if I let myself start spinning out, I'm like, well, they have to give him the touches. Like he, they put his locker next to Justin Fields. He's the rookie. He's coming in. Like he could be terrible because of the, you know, but the situation on paper looks pretty good for him to come in and he just has to beat out Byron Pringle and he'll be getting a ton of snaps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, mm. yeah, they just mentioned, well, those, David Bell's a good the, one. David Bell is a good one. I was just thinking through these um, like teammate twins, you know, Nico Collins, obviously a sophomore, but Nico and Mechie 
Pringle and Velas. Like, I don't have supreme confidence on either side of those. And those are like situations where I'm just happy to kind of split. But I do want stabs at all four of those, all four of those guys. Ross saying Mike Davis was a fifth round pick. Did he get that high? I don't, I didn't take yeah. it that high. Oh God. Okay. Mike Davis good. opened and I'm pretty sure, I think he did start slipping to like the mid to late six um, by the end of the season. But yeah, he opened up him and miles Gaskin opened up the season as uh fifth round picks. I was, uh, I had some early miles Gaskin shares that I regretted. People also shouting out Wandale or one. It, it, it's Wandale, right? It's not one dollar. It's, it's Rondale. You said that as a bit. No, so Chris G calls Rondell more Rondale. And so then we started calling Wandal Wandale. And now just in our heads, we say Wandale and Rondale. I don't think he gets the volume. He's too small to run a bunch of routes. But I think the consigliere is Jahan Dotson. Kind of sneaky because nobody wants to draft Jahan Dotson. He, I think we can all agree, probably overdrafted in terms of actual NFL draft capital. But Carson Wentz loves a good check down, man. And he's probably going to be that. I actually like that one a lot. I think Dotson's probably a pretty good candidate for that um okay hmm what do you want to do here i do think this could be the range we take our fourth running back and are done yeah we don't have any qb correlations right um yeah i, I could take a running i could honestly any of these running backs would work for me um you want to do i grabbed walker the other day walker or harris walker or harris who do you like i would go walker over harris yeah all right, we're done with running backs. All right. And that's yeah, it makes sense to get Walker too, because like the young guy, like he could theoretically bubble up, but we don't necessarily need him to. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like with the obviously with the hyper fragile builds where you're only taking four, um, just taking a really, really big cut, you know, with that that fourth running back. We'd obviously never grab, you know, a pass catching running back. You want someone who if things, you know, break right you know, can be putting up 20 plus points a game. And as much as we're all down on the Seahawks offense, um, there is the kind of the black box nature of, of Kenneth Walker. And I think um, definitely some upside there. Oh yeah. Matt in the chat to you pointing out that it's a, a Walker Brees week 17, double RB correlation. That is true, but the, the ADPs were low enough where I guess it's not as much of a deciding factor compared to like Lenny Fournette yeah. and, uh, and McCaffrey. We were more talking about it. If you'd go away, you'd go to that, as a case for positive correlation, but yeah. I don't think there's negative correlation there uh, in a way that you would avoid it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, um, let's see here. Yeah. We could go QB. because we're going three quarterbacks late. We could also, I mean, Goddard, if Goddard falls here, we already have Devonta Smith. Um, We'd be done at tight end and then we'd exclusively be quarterbacks and wide receivers the rest of the way. Or do you have a wide receiver you like here? I, I also don't mind MBS. Yeah, there's no week 17 correlation, so I would take Goddard. Well, we have Denver and MBS. Oh, Javante yeah. Yeah, and... let's take MBS. Let's take MBS. Yeah, let's do MBS. I think we took Kittle early, so I think that bought us a little bit more time where we can still go two tight ends if we want. I think we're also we're locking ourselves into two of our late QBs. I feel like with this build we have right now. Please don't say quarterbacks and locking ourselves in. I, I don't <laughs> like well, the of all the guys. We're not. It is not a lock today. Maybe tomorrow it will be. But no, we no DK Metcalf, no Tyler Lockett, it, no Drew Lock for me when I don't have. <sighs> 
My Drew Lock numbers are down, man. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know the exact. I'll reveal it on tomorrow's stream if you want to see it. But I'm down a lot on Drew Lock. I'm, I'm at a healthy, normal Dude, human number. What time did you schedule the stream for tomorrow? Two thirty. So basically, just keeping the same time. So it's like we were doing Monday, Thursday, Friday. We'll do. It's, it's there's a consumer logic there, Pete. That's that's where I I'm gonna be. Table. I'm gonna be hopping in the car right around then. Um, I'd say maybe I'd throw the stream up on my drive, but that's going to end up with me swerving off the side of the road after I hear you say something distasteful. I think Lauren would like to watch and support. Lauren's <laughs> not going to be with me in the car. Oh. Then. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, then there's even less reason to not have it on in the car. Support your old pal Spax. Chime in in the No Pizza Loud Club on Fridays. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did put a fun. I put your Twitter link in the description for the episode tomorrow, too. Oh, that's um, so I re- sweet of you. But I put it in a way, Pete, that I think you're really going to like. You know what you're classified as? Oh, God. I can't believe I'm falling for this engagement bait right now. Can we put it on the screen? What are you looking up to? Mm. <sighs> what am I saying? Um... And Pete, I guess he's more of an entertainer than a data guy. Thank you, Spags. Look at that. I love that. Uh, look, you know, you, Spags even sneaks his Instagram handle in here. I mean, come, this is just disgusting. People might want some baby pics, you know, like, I don't know. If you want baby pics, go to Instagram. You want occasional tweets about Dalmatians related to the NFL schedule, go to my Twitter. Yeah, how, we never kind of got a, a postmortem on that that tweet from you on the show. I mean, that was pretty big for your Twitter engagement. It, so Pete and I talked about it. It actually did do pretty well. And then I got engagement from people who normally don't engage with me afterwards because I think of the the volatility or the whatever, the speed, velocity of the engagement that we got because of doing it on the show. So yeah, I was getting verified accounts replying to me and I, I texted Pete about it. I'm not going to shout anybody out here, but uh, some replies I think that I don't normally land on their feed that I think I got on their feed because of that. Yeah, at this point I am surprised Spags didn't sneak his Venmo link in there while he was at it. <laughs> <laughs> one one dollar to Chris Fags on Venmo if you want to tip me. That that actually reminds me. Um huge revelation for people who watched Best Ball Breakfast on Tuesday. I was giving Casey a hard time about sending me a Venmo request. And Casey, you guys remember, he was the one who took me up on the Drew Lock bounty on Splash Play um a month or so ago when I said whoever drafts him gets 25. I got a request from someone that I assumed was Casey. I accepted that $25 request, even had similar initials. So then I get a request at 5 a.m. over the weekend for $50 from Casey. I talked about this on my Tuesday stream. I, and then Casey sends me a message. He's like, dude, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. If I sent that, like that was an accident. So I sent him a screenshot. I was like, here's your request. Casey goes, that wasn't me. And then I go, that was who I sent the $25 to for the Drew Lock." And Casey goes, I never requested that. And I was like, I, I I got the request, assumed it was you because it came right after the show. So I got fucking catfished <laughs> by a Casey rent seeker. Can you believe this? There's people out there, stolen valor on Splash Play bounties. That is pretty. We are on the clock here. Also some troubling news matriculating through the chat right now, but let's make our pick here. Hmm. We sure we don't want to take a QB now that we're not late enough? Um I think we should for the for the sake of this video, we should push it a little further. Oh boy. I guess Tim Patrick. Get some more Denver. Yeah. 
Yeah. I will say if one of these, at, now that we're in, um, I would say for round 11, we can lift the uh, the QB ban. So the news that came through, Pete, uh, that Silas posted in the chat, I'm getting tweeted from a million-dollar best ball mania winner, Liam Murphy, saying, uh-oh, Chris Spags, report Seattle would sign Mayfield if he were cut, according to NBC Sports Edge. Look, you know, we, we'd all sign somebody if they were cut. Like, it's all about the contract coming in. Maybe you bring in Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke, slays him like a dragon, takes over that winning spot. You get even more confidence in him. There's a lot of ways this could work out. I'm not going to panic yet. See, I, it's nice that Spags has his own LaVisca now, where there is no such thing as good Drew Locke news. It is only news. It is only him sliding further and further down the depth chart. He is now QB3 behind uh, hypothetical Baker Mayfield and Geno Smith and probably Chris Carson, who gets converted to quarterback as well. <laughs> it's yeah, just him and his fucking graham cracker spine out there playing QB. These together. bots are out of control today. Guys, save it for Spags' stream tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, the, I like the one with the drip emoji because at least that's splash play. Yes, they are. They are on brand. Thank you for that. Stop being cowards and become VIPs, sex bots. Uh, I bet that website's not good. <laughs> I'll go on that limb. Um, okay. I think we have to take Aaron Rodgers at pick fucking 124. I wanted to take him the last few rounds. So yeah, you could take him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, cheap. Will is asking cheaper than Tinder. That costs money now too. Uh, to to upgrade. From what I remember, from my my waning single days back, way back when, before the pandemic, um, paying for Tinder Gold, you guys got to do at this point. You got to pay to play. Just like just like Twitter engagement, you got to pay to play. What is Spags? Before I really got to know you, you had you had like a Patreon podcast, right? That you would do for members. What did that yeah. have to do with Tinder? So that was not the, I would do a Tinder roundup. My thing at Barstool is I would round up like funny slash, uh, slash methodology approved screenshots of Tinder girls that people would submit in. And it was like one of the most popular things on Barstool. My, my like last three years there, I guess, um, where I was getting like 250,000 page views a week. Like it was like a crazy thing that I was trying to figure out how to monetize. And then when I left Barstool, I'm like, shit, I need to fucking figure this out. Um, but didn't do it immediately. I waited after taking the summer off and then did it. So like I ended up with, 10,000 email subs or something. And, but I just like, if I'd done it the second I left, I probably would have had like, I would have had Pete Overs at solo, you know, content creator money. <laughs> I think, wow. Abe hires facts. <laughs> but no, like, yeah, it's, it was the Tinder roundup was like a very popular thing. Like there are uh, people of note in media who used to hit me up and be like, Oh my God, that's my favorite thing. I'm married. But like, yeah, people were very into the Tinder screenshot thing way back when way there it is behind the actor's studio the bonk origin story for chris this is also my five-year anniversary this week pete of the of the rihanna situation so there's a lot of things wow for some reason if you would have asked me i for some reason i think i would have guessed like that was seven or eight years ago five years ago huh yeah i mean it certainly feels like that like it's been a longer period of time but yeah that was this is a five-year anniversary and i quiet let it go by quietly let it go by i'm sure i could have tried to like you hit up Dave and go like, Hey, let's do a fucking pot. I don't, I don't need, I don't need it I don't need it at this point. I'm comfortable with the community we're building. I don't need to go bring it in some acid. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're now reformed. You've been to rehab and now you tweet out gifts of Dalmatians instead of celebrities commenting on their weight. <laughs> That's true. What, what a, what a return for me. What a, no guys, come on, do, do your spags research on your own time. Have, have a fun night, get stoned, start Googling spags, barstool, Rihanna, enjoy it. 
Get out yeah. of here. It's, it's a ruinous thing that uh, that was not reported correctly, and it's not my favorite thing in the world. But hey, maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow because tomorrow I'll be having some IPAs, not these Diet Coke style White Claws. I'm actually surprised. I thought I thought that was just deeply embedded within Chris Spag's lore. These guys are are still so new to the Spags verse. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, people don't realize that I was the main character on Twitter for a day, <laughs> and it was <laughs> incredibly traumatic in a way that really, really changed the course of my life. No, you you guys go go read up on it, and then you can ask Spags follow up questions later. Also, Matt joined VIP 15 minutes ago too. I don't I don't think I saw that notification, but Pete, we're really converting some sales today for some reason. <laughs> That's right. Well, I think shame is just really a powerful thing. I've always had a hard time knowing how, how do I market the the vip stuff we have some fun private channels in the discord um you know you get the you get the badges you get merch discount all this stuff but ultimately the best marketing tactic is just shame i think it's just shame yeah i agree look the shaming is a powerful tool actually one of the youtube optimization videos i was watching yesterday was like a guy i uh, actually uh, i would give him a shout out to channel maker if you are a person out there who wants to do what you know pete does you know and try to build your own channel um go check that channel maker channel out but he was talking about like one of the biggest revenue streams is just soliciting people for money like whether it be through the chat thing or through like venmo and like apparently that's one of his biggest income drivers which i thought was interesting dude Tua, right with tyreek yep. yeah it's easy um, I'm just making sure we're not missing anything glaringly obvious, but that seems pretty nice. Yeah. And I think we got, I mean, we got a couple outs for our third late QB. So this honestly, this build ended up better. Like, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of drafting all these running backs early, Pete, but I think our wide receivers could be better as, as somebody pointed out from uh, Denny Carter, that perhaps that meme might be applicable here. So here's the thing, right? So we're going to, we're going to get to three quarterbacks as dictated by the wheel. We're done with four running backs. So that's puts us up to seven. We're going to try to stay at two tight ends, which would get us to nine, which means we can get, um, we can get to nine receivers. So we can still draft four more receivers here. We're four more receivers, one more tight end, one more quarterback. Short gamer asking a good question here. If Baker signs with the Hawks, what would his ADP be? It's actually an interesting one. I, I think it would still be like the 15th. Like he's in the Carson Wentz range, maybe a little bit better than that. Let's see. Yeah, we were talking about this a little on ship chasing last night and how big of a projection jump it would be for the Seahawks receivers if Baker signed. Um, I don't, I think it would be much better news for DK and Metcalf or DK and Metcalf, DK and Lockett than it would be for Baker's ADP specifically. But yeah, I don't know. He's probably what, like in the Zach Wilson range? That feels about right to me. I think a little bit lower. People love Zach Wilson. Also, we're on the clock. But um, people love Oops. Zach Wilson, and I, I don't think he would go quite that high, but I think that's probably close to the range. Um, Let's see here. Do we want to do our yeah, or Jahan Dotson? Or oh, you want to go Chark? Because we can get our other late QB, potentially. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, just feel like wanting to get the double stacks. I feel like there was might have been you talking about it. Somebody was talking about double stacks recently that I was reading. I've been just, I've been consuming way too much basketball content as a main takeaway. But double stacks, I feel like had a much higher advance rate than the the skinny stacks. It is. Uh, would you say in general, do you have an ad addictive personality, or would you say you've just truly fallen in love with basketball? I've fallen in love with best ball, but it's scratching an itch that I normally would have for DFS that I don't like. But I also like, I like new knowledge accumulation. Like I like getting good at something like part of the, the issue with me with playing DFS after I had the big wins at NBA was like, I didn't want to keep doing it. Cause I knew I was now like going to just decrease my EV most likely over the course of time. 
Um, so like best ball to me is like, there's still upside on the expected value. Yeah. And as Alex says, there's almost like, think about it this way, just psychologically. Right. And I think I even was talking about this on lulls, um, where it's like at a DFS slate, you're going to get your teeth kicked in slate after slate after slate. Mm -hmm. Um, and even if your expected ROI and best ball, is similar to that in DFS, at least psychologically, there's, there's hope you're not getting, you draft one of these teams and it's still the most idealized version of what you want for literally months until the season starts. And even then it can still stretch on. So I think just psychologically best ball is, is such a funner experience than, uh, than losing every day in DFS. I mean, I will say candidly, like, and I know brick has talked about this where I think you mentioned on lulls a couple, maybe, maybe a month ago now where he had one of the big wins and he was like, yeah, I might still be in the, uh, the bread on the year overall. And I know, uh-huh, bro, another sharp guy, Peter Viles has talked about that too, that it's like, it's hard to play NBA night after night. Um, for me, like, because I haven't played the last two months, like I can spend, I can enter all these tournaments, I guess, besides maybe the big dog and max them out. And I will have spent less than like, if I had just gotten hammered at NBA over the course of that, like two months, man, because that's just how NBA goes. Like it's, it's hard, man. Like if you, if you go after it hard every night, you're spending like four to eight hours a night to lose your money, which is like the worst experience possible. At least this is kind of, kind of like a video game to me. Yeah. And, and just like you said, the, the entertainment equity of it too is you get so much more entertainment out of it. Um, it, you, it's obviously less immediate gratification, but there is something that slow drip of, you know, checking your exposures. And now we, we even have tools where we can check our structural exposures in addition to our player exposures. And, um, and then you have the, the midpoint check-ins throughout the season to see how the teams are doing. It's, it's a good bang for your buck. I will, I will say that. So here's the question I have for you, Pete. Is it still going to be illegal to talk about your best ball teams now that the best ball community is starting to rise more and people might actually have a, an interest in following along with you over the course of a season? No, it, it'll still definitely be illegal. The thing is, is though lots of technologies are emerging to help people evade the law, um, you know, whether people are in witness protection programs, all kinds of stuff that I would never condone. But there are in 2022 kind of ways around the best ball police. Also, if you're watching live or after the fact and you've either had some fun or learned something here, make sure you hit the like button. It helps us out a bunch, whether you're on Pete's channel or the Splash Play channel. Of course, subscribe to both and subscribe to, the, subscribe to Pete's uh, Deposit Kingdom channel as well. The short form videos, you can tell the amount of effort that Pete puts in there. Tantamount to the effort he puts in here time and time again. <laughs> yes. Yes. All that effort I do writing the newsletter only to have you just steal it for content. <laughs> Give, give me all that sweet news, Pete. Daddy ain't got no time to read things <laughs> during the course of the day. You really have cornered that market pretty well, though. I will like, I, that's why I don't mind giving the plugs, like things, plugs for things that are good is always a positive thing. Um, all right, let's talk through this decision here. I will say because we have Rogers and Tua, who if we weren't dictated by the wheel to get three, I would be plenty comfortable just rocking these two. Um, I think we can like push quarterbacks super late. Like even if we want to get, like a rookie backup quarterback is our third. I think we can. So I'd still focus on wide receiver or tight end here. Pickens is, I like a lot. Um, anything else jumping out to you? Pickens, Palmer or Hamler would all work for me. Yeah. I'm looking at correlation stuff here. Um, yeah, we already have Patrick. So it feels like it might be pushing it with Hamler, but like we, I, you could have talked me into it. Yeah. I think, um, we could, 
we because we we could add to our Seattle stuff um and with the Jets with with Noah Fant or did he just go? No, he's still here. Um I also I do think we should probably grab one of these three tight ends here if we want to be done. Like Kittle with Hurst, Kittle with Ingram. I start to feel a little shakier, I guess, in a two tight end build. Mm-hmm. I think I would prefer one of these guys. Okay. I think that's reasonable. I'm comfortable with taking any of them. Everett's ADP is starting to steam up since we talked about him a couple weeks ago. I feel like he's like he's up to 170 and he's in a range where he was like uh, basically in Hooper territory for a while. Yeah, I I do think he's been one of the kind of more mispriced guys on here. Um, I guess I don't really know why Gerald Everett shouldn't be going, you know, in the same range as Cole Komet, Hunter Henry, Najoku. Like he seems very much like he should be part of that cohort. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I think people might still think that Jared Cook is on the team, which um, he's not currently. He's not on any team currently, and that could be part of it. Maybe part as our too. guy Ivan here. Gerald Everett's ears burning. He as he triple taps tight end. That has to be Ivan's first tight ends, right? He didn't have one before that. If he did, I would riot. Yeah, it's like Ivan's too sharp to have done that. I like Ivan's team. I feel like he's I've been quietly eyeing him. I think he did a good job out of the one hole. Wow, you liking a team with early running backs drafted? Who are you, Spags? I thought you were a zero RB, bro. I actually have grown to like the back-to-backs if you get either Taylor or Cup or whatever in the 101. Because, like, you really can. Like, you don't have to worry about ADP as much. And I, I don't have to self-ADP shame for taking guys that, like, you just know won't be there the next time you come around. Um, I do. So those tight ends went off the board. I think Fant definitely makes sense for us here. I'm okay with it. I mean, look, you know, <laughs> with Baker Mayfield in tow, how could he go wrong? God, these bots, where do you keep coming from? Splash. It's a splash. I love splash play is what those emojis said. <laughs> um, all right. So we are now, we're done at quarterback. We're done at running back. We're done at tight end. And we're not we done have, at quarterback. We had to take three. Oh, you're right. You're right. So two more wide receivers, one more quarterback. Yep. I think, I mean, I, I think I know who I would like our quarterback to be. Did you, oh, did you make a Baker Mayfield clip? <laughs> I did not make a what would uh, I mean, honestly I feel like that would be so much work <laughs> what someone changed their account for the bit yes <laughs> very funny it's very good but now That's they have to sign bit. up or, or tip a hundred dollars I really hope you know how these are connected you know to your gmail address I really hope someone did this on like their their personal account and they get an email <laughs> Their boss sends them an email. It is HDC women cheaper than Tinder. And then it's like, I think you should leave it. They're just chasing them down. (laughs) Yeah. If you're horny. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Pick Baker last. I will not, I will not support Baker being picked in the last pick. Baker Mayfield shouldn't be getting drafted right now. I'll say that when he's signed, you want to draft him fine right now. You're making a fool's errand. There's no way we're taking Drew Locke. I mean, we do have a nice little stack with them. Nice little skinny stack. You could even get D Eskridge if you want for the late spin. So uh, stack options we have. Um, we could do a backdoor stack with Mac Jones, uh, with Tyquan Thornton, Jared Goff to pair with DJ Chark. We could do a backdoor with with Davis Mills and, and one of those pass catchers we were talking about earlier. We could do uh, Matt Corral as kind of a play on if he beats out Sam Darnold, we already have McCaffrey. We could tack on another Carolina guy. So we have lots of, lots of options here. Um, also, I don't think 
I so you said we would be stacking Goth with Chark. We were stacking Goth with Amonra and Chark. So that's and why. Chark. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be Goth. Yeah. Goth. Goth makes the most sense. But I'm not gonna go crying if we miss out on Goth. <laughs> I'm gonna go crying if we miss out on Goth. Uh, losers win again. Asking, what are your guys' thoughts on Julio Jones? Uh, my thoughts would be probably not take him right now. Like I feel like that's an Antonio Brown thing. Where would it shock you if he doesn't actually land anywhere? Who? Julio Jones? No, he's going to play somewhere. What if he doesn't want to take the minimum? Like, what if he's one of those guys where it's like, oh, I'm not paying playing for less than 10 mil. Like, I'm not paying Julio Jones 10 mil. I mean, I, I don't want to go on record and say there's a 0% chance, but I would say it's, I don't know, 95% chance he signs somewhere. Wow, I think it's under, I would think it's 50-50, maybe under. So what, you'll, then let's make a bet. I would I would be most comfortable at 50-50, like if we're doing but I, I think there's I mean what what are we saying like the entire season? Like or by week one? Uh no, yeah, yeah. That he he's on he's on a roster by week one. I think there's a chance. I mean, maybe he gets signed and I think there's enough. I would take that bet. I'd take a hundred dollar bet on Julio playing. Uh, you mean on not playing, right? Yeah, like Julio not okay. playing, not being on a roster week one or not being active week one. Okay, I'll take that deal. Okay. Uh, see, mine is just like I'm like tickling your nipples. I don't know. <laughs> bonk. This is this is my own personal bonk Ooh. here. Bad Ooh, bet. Bonk. These. Look at these Bad sweet, bet. Bonk. These sweet pecs. <laughs> we're on the clock. Jared Goff. Just get it out of the way. All right. All right. We did it. We did our three. QB build for the wheel. The wheel was fairly kind to us, I feel, given the scenario. It was. Like, this team isn't, you know, this team's not a world beater or anything, but how much do you care about the projections afterwards, by the way? Zero. Zero? Like, do you even look at them? Do you, like, just... Because sometimes I get ones Occasionally, that Occasionally, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't know. Like, occasionally my eye will, will catch it. Um... But I, I honestly, it's it's similar to like the Yahoo draft grades, right? Where it's kind of fun to see them there, but they're completely meaningless. Uh, Bullock asking Goff over Locke, what happened to my sweet, sweet boy Spags? First of all, I don't want to argue with Pete where, you know, it's our last Thursday show. Pete's going on a trip. I'm, it keeps some positive vibes. Second of all, we have the double stack. Like if we have the double stack, I'm going to take that guy. Um, So oh, we should take V-List late or Pringle for the... Well, I, I think we need, to, we need to get at least one stack with uh, Rogers. So I think we should take Dubs. Yes, I'm okay with that. Uh, I meant to ask Willis, have you been keeping track of these, Willis, for us? Um, I'm trying to think in my notes if I had written down the other ones or not. Let me know, Willis, if I need to be writing these down or if you're fulfilling your duty as our accountant. Wait, what do you need to be writing down? Our bets. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot that our bets are. There are consequences to the shitty bets you make, Spags. <laughs> we come a knocking. I thought you meant the drafts. I'm like, what does he have to track about the drafts? They're right there. You're just making <laughs> Willis do work to earn his pay. <laughs> no, Willis is the accountant. He also has a, a very good memory uh, for these things, too. So. <laughs> Mathology saying points bet. So first of all, Mathology not bringing titties to the stream for once. So that's a rare, <laughs> rare treat. But second of all, saying points bet has the 49ers as favorites to land Jones, followed by Colts and Chargers and Ravens. 
Chargers, I could see, like, Mike Williams gets hurt in July, Julio Jones comes in, or Keenan Allen even, like, that makes sense to me. But the Niners, I don't think makes any sense. Um, I feel, I mean, I agree with you on paper. That might just be one. I feel like I've heard, maybe it was a quote from Julio or something saying that he would like to play there. So that's probably mm-hmm. dictating that. Yeah, pre-Russell Gage, I feel like the Bucks were coming up a lot for him. And the Colts, I think, have been there because of the Matt Ryan thing. Um, Spag, just FYI, I do have a meeting in a minute, so we're going to have to land the plane uh, quickly okay. here. All right, so yeah, so make sure you follow at Peter Rivers at follow at Chris Spags, and also subscribe to the Splash Play channel because tomorrow at 2.30 Eastern, I'm going live solo. It's going to be a wild card stream. I'll be drinking some IPAs, having a good time on here, hopefully drafting with you guys, so come hang out on there. And uh, Pete, you're, you're, you're done for the weekend, so you don't have anything to plug. Uh, no, just my, just my drive, um, tomorrow, you know, very exciting stuff. Um, so looking at this last pick, obviously I think we should be trying to get in some week 17 correlation. You mentioned Velas Jones. I think that's fine. Um, I also think we could do Tyquan Thornton as our new England bring back in the Miami stack. Um, do you have a preference there? I would take Velas. All right. We'll do Velas. Yeah, just cause we have the. You know, the double stack part with Denver. So maybe that shoots out somehow, some way. Uh, lucky for you, MJ, uh, this is for the puppy. So this is the 75K winner. We'll leave the $2 million, uh to someone else. But uh, Spags? All right. Yes. Well, I appreciate you guys for being here. Come tune in tomorrow, 2.30. Go follow at Peter Overs at follow at Chris Spags, follow at Splash Play Pod. We'll be back on Monday with Pete at 2.30 as well. So see you guys then. Bye. 15 quick.